everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. It's Pat, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Exciting guests that we have today. Yeah. It's, uh, she's uh, kind of a legend. She is. And, you know, um, a legend. Like, I, so I remember 16th Avenue. I know this is, like, we had a guest. Uh, you know, earlier in the seasons that um, had done a remake of 16th Avenue or a cover of it. Yes, who was that? Do you remember? Yeah, that was McKenzie. Um, Was it? Yeah. And um, so I don't remember exactly what episode or, you know, season episode, but um, so she had covered that song and um, I know that she'd said in the interview that Lacey got to hear it and had been very complimentary. Um, but I, I think the thing that stands out to me about that song is, you know, it's about uh, people that are chasing musical dreams. And it's really neat, I think, to have a hit with a song that is about that. Um, yep. Like so many talented people are um, out there every day trying to make that dream happen. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's it's just a a really, I think, you know, one of those anthem kinds of songs for like if you are a musician with a dream, you know, it's like your anthem song, I feel like. Sure. Yeah, and also, you know, she's putting this Christmas video and song out about Carl, the dog. Yes, Carl, the Christmas dog, or something like yes. that. Yes, and you know, I can't wait to hear the backstory. Uh, I have watched the video, so, you know, I do know Carl is a, a real dog, uh, by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um or at least probably, you know, based on a real dog. When, of course, we're going to ask the backstory and find out. Um, but, uh, you know, the Carl in the video is um, a little bit of a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I have had a similar dog experience with um, a little bit of a monster. <laughs> really? Do tell. Well, so he was a shelter dog named Dylan. Bless his heart, he's passed away now. And, you know, he he actually was a very, very good dog, Um, a terrier. Very, very smart. Um, But, um, like, even coming back from the shelter, like, he started foaming at the mouth. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, I've got, like, this dog. That's like, you know, got rabies. Yeah, that's usually not a good sign. Yeah, I'm like, you know, there's something really bad wrong here. Um, But as it turns out, I mean, he was just very nervous and scared. Hmm. Um, You know, as as you would be if if you've been a dog and maybe he had never ridden in the car. You know, like it definitely just um, you know was a high anxiety time. Um, but to go along with that, you know, anxiety that he had, um, it was very, it may have been like a day or two. I mean, I hadn't had him too long and, um, he was an inside dog, at least for that time. And so put him in a room, you know, close the door, Mm -hmm. um, just to try to, you know, keep him contained and 
not not in a crate. I mean, I know that's like a popular thing, but I just felt like, you know, he'd have his own room and he'd feel better. His water and food and, you know, all of that stuff. But um came back <laughs> a few hours later and he had tried to dig himself out you know, under the door ah. to get to the other room. <laughs> the carpet was ripped to shreds. Yeah. I mean, just torn completely to shreds. Um, so, you know, that was not really a great moment. <laughs> yeah. But also, I, you know, I, I felt like, I felt his anxiety and all of that and, you know, I couldn't be too mad at him. So did he go on to, uh, you know, be, feel, did he go on to start feeling more at home and stop chewing yes, everything? Yes, yes, he did. Um, actually, for a really long time. Um, and he, he was then able to, like, go outside, come back in. As I said, um, you know, he was extremely smart. Um, so... And, I, and I'll have to say, too, like, you know, one of the dogs that I've had that really would listen to you, uh, you know, if you told them, like, come back or whatever. I mean, he wouldn't like it sometimes, but mm-hmm. he, he was very intelligent. Um, and he did have a couple of other stories, too. So uh, Dylan was his name. Um, and... So there's a, a garage that's not far from where I live, like, you know, just on the other side of the fence, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a gentleman there that owned that uh, at the time. And um, <laughs> so Dylan and, and the man, did, he was an older man. He loved dogs, too. Mm-hmm. And when his dog passed away, like, Dylan made friends with him. And so he would go and sit at the, at the little garage, you know, for like hours and come home. <laughs> and then one day he didn't come home. So, you know, everybody's looking for Dylan, looking for Dylan. It's on a Friday. Nobody can find him. And, you know, it's so unlike him. So I, I'm thinking, because, you know, I'm thinking the worst. Um, someone's kidnapped him or he's got hit by a car you know something horrible well um, (laughs) as it turns out in looking for him again on Saturday um, he starts barking when his name is called and uh, I guess he had gone to sleep in the tire store so he was (laughs) locked in the tire store overnight (laughs) So, uh, you know, we called and uh, they came down and let him out of the tire store. Um, but then this final story, I, mean, I used to make little mohawks. He had this little, like, uh, furry kind of, I don't know, it was real coarse kind of hair. But So you could make it into a mohawk. And I used to, he would jump on my lap and I would make mohawks for him all the time. <laughs> um, but I, I was still teaching at that time. And so... Um, you know, I went to school one day, I said goodbye to him and all that, and then, um, it was the weirdest thing, like, um, you know, there was a horrible, like, out of the blue, uh, windstorm, and, um, I mean, it was just really minutes, It, it was not, like, anything bad weather affected or anything, it was just really a freak kind of thing, Right. and, um, it blew a tree down on the other side of the neighborhood. Um, and, and Dylan and the gentleman had walked over to check the mail where the gentleman lived. And uh, in the process of that, the windstorm happened and it blew the tree down and it, and it missed the gentleman and it hit Dylan and killed him. Ah, that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, like of all the freak things um, yeah. to happen. And so, you know, Dylan, uh, that's that's the story of him. But, um, you know, I, I, I think he had a good life after 
after getting out of the shelter and getting used to being in a home I I know he you know he loved the life and so yeah um that's the story of Dylan so um do you have any dog stories where um we had a dog named Lucy and uh she you know, she was a German Shepherd, probably uh, 90 pounds or so, maybe a little less, maybe 75. And um, we were having Thanksgiving dinner, and, you know, the dogs used to roam around the house and stuff. And uh, uh, we were having dinner, and I happened to get up and go into the kitchen to get something. And just as I was rounding the corner into the kitchen, there's Lucy with the, you know, a piece of skin from the turkey in her mouth, and she's trying to pull it off the counter. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah, I just yelled at her, and she kind of, you know, scurried away. But uh, it was kind of funny. Yes, well, you know, dogs are not supposed to eat the skin, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, I mean, that is kind of funny, you know, that they take the whole... <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was, I mean, if I had, you know, been two seconds later, she would have had it on the floor. That would have been happy Thanksgiving for her. <laughs> yeah, for her it would have been. <laughs> oh, it was so... Had that happened, um, would you have been upset? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I would have laughed about it, probably. Probably would have been upset, because no turkey, but, um, you know, probably would have laughed about it later. Yeah, I think, you know, things are a lot funnier in hindsight um, mm-hmm. sometimes. So, right at the moment, it's, um... You know, I mean, obviously, there's the negative side of it, but uh, when it comes down to it, I, you know, I love dogs um, a lot, and so I can relate to what I think Lacey's story will be like about, you know, loving animals, because uh, mm-hmm. I, I do find that, well, you know, I have a play written, The Most Human. Yep. Um and, and so that really sums up a lot of how I feel about them is that um, not every dog I've had, but, you know, there have been dogs that seem like they are human, like they, you know, just have those qualities that humans have um, right? for compassion and empathy and, you know, giving and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, it's pretty a pretty interesting part of what interests me about her in addition to her music. Well, let's talk to her and find out what the story of Carl is. All right. Lacey, I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We are so excited to have you as our guest and also Carl. <laughs> well, he's very happy to be here. Yes. And so am I. Well, so um, this is a very fascinating story because just the title of the song, um, you know, Carl the Christmas Dog, is, is quite interesting. And that, of course, you know, lets you know that Carl is probably based on a, a real dog. And now we know that to be true. So tell us a little bit about Carl. Well, this is the true story of Carl, um, who uh, plays himself uh, on YouTube. And you, anybody who wants to watch the video of Carl the Christmas dog, Carl ate Christmas one year. And um, he's a rescue dog. And we uh, spent a lot of time recreating the, the debacle that he made of our living room. And um, it, this uh, video, we had so much fun making. It was just fun. And we did it just as a Christmas project. We did it to raise money um, for uh, the wild horses uh, or uh, a cat sanctuary or whatever. I have a 501c3 for wild horses that we've had since uh, about 2003. It's called the Let Em Run Foundation. 
we raise money uh, to help the boots on the ground advocates um, take care of wild horses that are uh, that need to be homing, that are um, sick or injured or orphaned and need medical care and a little training and down the road to new homes so they don't have to go to slaughter. So that's what we've been doing since 2003. But we love all animals. And we really thought that what Carl had done was so unbelievable and unforgettable (laughs) that we really needed to share it with the world. And hence uh, came Carl the Christmas Dog, the video. Um, so I just invite all of you to have a good look at it this Christmas. I think the kids will have a good time with it. We've had a lot of fun with the thing, and he now has his own book and his own uh, CD and video. Oh, so he is. There's no living with him, Kat. Oh my goodness! I mean, he, he had a big head to begin with because he's half mastiff and half pit bull and weighs about 110 pounds. But his head was as big as a cement block, but it's bigger now. Well, he's quite adorable, very handsome guy, and as I understand, he is uh, not single. No, no, he um, he had his first wife um, was Bip, and Bip got kidney failure, and there was nothing we could do to save Bip. So when she passed, he howled. He didn't howl at first, but after a few days, he began to howl. And when Carl howls, the mountains tremble. I mean, he, and the house is, my house is a peg, and it's a, put together with pegs. It's a big wooden house, um, timber-type house, and um, it literally shook from his howling. <laughs> he howls, he sounds like the hound of the Baskervilles. And so I called a friend of mine who runs the, <clears throat> the Lion County, County Animal Rescue here in Nevada, and I said, Susanna, I'm going to bring Carl out. He's just devastated. He is so lonely, and he needs to pick out a partner. And so off we went, and Carl came along, and we introduced him to a number of lovely ladies, but he only had eyes for Cassie, who was the most nondescript little black dog I've ever seen in my life. We have no idea what she is. She's she's about a 70-pound dog. Uh, sort of, I guess you'd have to call her a lab mix, but uh, her tongue has black and pink, so we think there's some chow in there somewhere. Right. But he picked such a lovely dog. She's just a lovely, lovely dog. She was about six years old um, when we got her, and she just didn't require very much at all. She just moved right in and made herself comfortable, and she's been here ever since, and they're happy together. And then not long ago, um, I rescued a great Pyrenees, which is also a very large dog, and a very. They shed 24/7, you know, every day of the week, every month. I mean, it, it's a it's a, a grooming uh, challenge for sure. But what a sweet animal! She was uh, dumped on the road here after someone had a litter of puppies. They just dumped her, and she must have been out for a number of months because when I first got her, I could put my hand, which is small. Um, around her backbone, um, just in front of her hips, and could almost touch my thumb and my forefinger on the other side. It was I couldn't because she's a bigger dog than that, but she was so thin. I didn't know if she would make it or not. She was so very, very thin, but she has made it, and she's just a lovely girl to have around, and she's uh, almost not of this earth. She's really kind of a... I don't know how to, she's kind of an ethereal creature and fun to be around and very, very, very sweet. So what We is, love dogs. This is called the the Six Dog Ranch here where I live. I, I live in the mountains up by Virginia City, Nevada. I'm at 6,700 feet. It's always a great guest that loves dogs, you know? <laughs> well, you love dogs, so yeah, it's yes. easy for you to... To uh, relate to to things like uh, Carl, and thank you so much yeah. for having us on to to talk about about Carl and Cassie and um, China. Is we named uh, China. She's pretty much a white dog, and I couldn't. We we thought of many names for her: spirits, ghosts, you know, all these names. Nothing fit. I don't even really think China fits. A lot of times, I just call her White Dog, and she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, so what is 
songwriting like uh you know for like a song like this about carl um, well this- i had fun with this one because i had uh some of my my road manager was here um d gregory and um, my neighbor uh nicole bard was here and um my the vet was here who uh who's uh that hospital we actually filmed the video in. He's a retired veterinarian, and I knew he would be the fiend I needed for for the veterinarian in this thing. So he came and actually played himself, and Nicole played his, you know, nurse uh, ratchet. <laughs> she, you know, she was like she was his surgical nurse in the in the video, and um, I sang the thing. I think I'm I'm pretty sure we recorded it on a uh, telephone. I'm not sure it's even an actual recording. But we just had the best time making it, and I think people who watch it watch it over and over every Christmas because they have such a good time with it, and we had a good time with it. And it's wonderful to write a song like that. Um, and this one was written with friends, and it was just it just popped right out. Everybody had lines, and uh, we thought we would just not particularly take any credit for it, but. Uh, any money that comes in from this project, we give to uh, our foundation, and we can spread that out between uh, all animals. But we primarily um, help the mom and pop groups that help the wild horses and really get most of the the big work done um, uh, through rehoming and and um, uh, getting the horses back in shape. And because uh, a lot of times when they come to us, they've been starved and handled very badly you know a lot of them have real serious injuries from being run into fences or actually being poked and beaten to uh get in a, a truck so, so there's a lot of abuse around what happens to wild horses um and uh you know that's uh, something that is probably going to take an awful long time to really solve that problem because they re- reproduce like um they reproduce like um rabbits I am so sorry. I thought I had that phone off. Anyway, you um, know what a great thing um, about music and even of uh, the Christmas season. You know that people are able to, or you were able to use music, and people can respond and give, and you know help. Um, hopefully, help to save a lot of animals. So. It's wonderful, and it's also a favorite in our Christmas shows. We're doing a Christmas show every weekend um, this year, and we normally do. And people always clamor for that for that song. I've written. I decided in about uh, 2014, I was going to write a Christmas song every year for the rest of my life. Well, of course, that never happened. <laughs> but I did write four or five. And um, we use those in uh, in our Christmas show, and but Carl is by far and away the favorite. Uh, well, so this is 40 years since um, 16th Avenue, I think. Um, yes. So uh, that was that's a that's a pretty close estimate. I think it it's a little uh, more than that now. Yeah. Uh, but we got to go back October before last. And play the Grand Ole Opry and and to celebrate that song. And we had a wonderful performance. It was just so the uh, stage values of the Grand Ole Opry are amazing. I mean, they just have the production values. They are the best ever you could ever imagine. And so it's pretty hard to do anything but a great show. So we had a wonderful show there. And um, a day or two later, we were on that same stage. For the Josie Awards, which is an independent um, yes uh, award, I think it's the largest independent award show probably in the world. And I was surprised, and I was thrilled, and humbled because I had no idea that I was getting this award. I got a Lifetime Achievement Award as an independent artist, and that meant a lot to me. It meant a lot more than a lot of award awards that I had won before. Because being an independent artist is very challenging, and um, because you have to you have to simply do everything yourself. Right. You have to pay for your own recordings. You have to uh, pay for all your own travel, you uh, and promotion. 
and it's very, very hard to have any kind of a presence um, as an independent artist unless you happen to be like very, very good or have someone very, very good uh, on social media. I am not good on the computer at all. <laughs> I just am a tech. My son is on the cutting edge of the Google Glasses technology. I he did not get that DNA from me. He <laughs> must have got it from his father because I don't have it. You know, the, I have I have challenges with my phone. But it's wonderful to be an independent artist because you get to say things exactly the way that you want to say them. And it's been about 20 years for me. And um, I just I have a new single out called The Devil by a Different Name. And I got to say in that song exactly what I wanted to say about a lot of things that are happening right now in the world. And, and um, yeah, did, what, did you have a chance to listen that, to that song? Um, because it's a fascinating title. So um, did that come first or did this song come first? Actually, the title came first. Okay. And, um, and, and the music came at the same time. I just, it just kind of, I just, the devil by a different name, boy, devil by a different name. And I thought, okay, what is a devil by a different name? And some of the lyrics say things like, call me left wing, call me right. We are split right down the middle in this fight. Divided we fall. That rule don't change. It's just a devil by a different name, boys. The devil by a different name. Mm. And then I talked about religion. I said, call me imam, call me priest. We are brothers separated by belief that a loveless faith is a ball and chain. It's just the devil by a different name, boys, the devil by a different name. And I talked about um, brown skin and white. I talked about gay and straight. You might not be able to do that. I think you can do it in pop music a lot easier than you can do it in country music. And my music is a little closer to country, I think, than it is to rock. Um, although I actually started, one of my first bands was a psychedelic rock and roll band back in the 70s out in California. And um, I like rock and I like rock music, but this song is more, I would almost call it, uh, I would almost call it folk. It's almost a folk song. But it's uh, done in a country way and kind of up-tempo, and uh, we're having a lot of good luck with it, a, a, bunch of the DJs on uh, Willie's uh, uh, Outlaw Roadhouse are playing the song, and they played oddly on RFD TV. And I was, I had some trepidation about releasing it, but I have to say how I feel about things. You know, a lot of us call ourselves Christians, but we're still judging. We're still saying that, you know, what someone else's preferences are, religious or um physical or sexual or whatever, we're still othering those people. And as long as we're doing that, we're not doing what the, the main basic teaching of a Christian, of the Christian religion from Christ's mouth was love God with all your heart, mind, and spirit. Love yourself, and that's the hard part. Love your neighbor as yourself, and that is the whole of the law. All the other laws of life are based upon it, and that is what I came to teach. And also, his teaching was judge not, lest ye be judged. And if you do judge, make sure it's with righteous judgment. It's not about othering people. It's not about making people less than or so different from you. It's about inclusion. It's about people learning to love all our brothers and sisters. It's not our business. It's not, it's not our business to judge what they do. That is their business with God. And that is really, well, that is my real belief. It's like, pay attention to your own plate. There are things on your, if you're judging other people and you're spending a lot of your time hating other people and judging other people, you've got work to do. Whether you're a Christian or just a whole person, You've got work to do. If hate is all you know and hate is all you think about and how other people are less than you, well, that just makes me think you don't think very much of yourself if you have to put someone below you to feel better about yourself. So 
in this, I have a project called For the Black Sheep. And it is for people. Um, it's just to remind us. It's just to say, and it's not just for other people. It's for me, too. It's me saying to myself, don't you dare judge that other person. You, that's not your job. You, you look inside. You put that finger that you're pointing at someone else, point it right back at yourself. Figure out those places that need to be filled with light in you that are dark now. And a lot of the songs are built just toward the aim of reminding us um, of the stuff that we're doing that's making so much sorrow and so much terrible uh, cruelty and and, um, and death and war in the world. It's about that other is different, and, and so we must hate them. One of the songs from this project is called Everybody Loves to Hate. We know that it's wrong, that it might be too late, that everybody loves to hate. <laughs> and one of the choruses, the bridges, but up at Galactic Central, they're shaking their little green heads. After all, after all that we've seen, if we don't intervene, these human things will wind, wind up dead because everybody loves to fight. You know, and, and that's the sort of thing that you get to write as an independent artist that you probably, when you're uh, in the, with the record company, you have to constantly be thinking of what is catchy on radio. And you can't always... I tried very hard in my career with albums like, uh, or collections of songs like uh, like Survivor, the Survivor album, songs like Hard Times, and songs to get, this is not an easy place to be. It's not easy to be in a body on this planet and be, be subjected to the unbelievable inhumanities and the cruelties uh, to animals and the disregard for the earth. It's not easy to be here. And we have terrible diseases that hit us. In the diseases are no respecter of persons. It can be babies having cancer, little kids. You know, these things are not easy to deal with. So I've always tried to give people hope in my song. Uh, there's a bridge in the, the new single, The Devil by a Different Name, that says, there's a still small voice that whispers deep inside us. Listen close and you might hear it say, there's a light still out here shining in the darkness. It'll be here when you find you've lost your way. Those are the kind of messages that I have always wanted to give in music. I don't do music. I never had that thing of wanting to be like this big glittery star. I think that I, that would probably be a very hard, very hard thing to manage. From the, you know, I had a quite a big career in the 80s. It was pretty powerful. And I just remember that it was, there was just so much to deal with. There was just so much that you had to be aware of all the time. And that you had to be... Um, either very, very organized or have people around you who are really uh, administratively very gifted to deal with a lot of the things that come up in a career that's really big, like, for instance, Dolly Parton's career. And I've always admired Dolly. I just love her. And um, she's as real when you know her a little bit as, as she ever appears to be if you never get to meet her. She's just exactly what she... It appears to be. She's about as real as anybody you can imagine. And she um, she has always written with a little bit of moral um, advice in her songs, in the early stuff like Code of Many Colors and um, those types of things. Um, it, uh, Shatter My Image was another of her early songs. That, and that was, an, that was an influence on my writing because I thought she's giving good messages in these songs, and that's what I want to do. And I think that some of the songs coming out of Nashville now have wonderful messages. That song, Till You Can't, has a beautiful message. Mm. You know, if you've got a dream, chase it, because your dream won't chase you back. And you got to love somebody with every bit, of your, every bit of your heart and soul until you can't. 
Me? <laughs> um, that, that sounds like something you like. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a, a good message. Um, have you always, so I know you, you mentioned that, like, Dolly and her writing and messages like that and songs. Um, has that always been the type of music that, um, that you liked as well? Not just as something you want to write and perform, but um, just listening to? Um, yes. And, you know, primarily people like Chris Christopherson and Guy Clark and Bob Dylan. There are, um, in, some, in some instances, someone like Dylan can write a, a phrase like the kingdoms of experience on the precious winds they wrought. Because we're all fighting, each one trying to get what the other has got. You know, there's some poetry in there. I the outlaw stuff that came out of Tex out of Texas. I was born to a country music family. My dad played all the stringed instruments, and my mother played guitar and sang harmony, and my sister played piano. I never did anything. I sat under this big oak table in the kitchen and listened to them. And I remember once when I was about seven or eight years old, I was sitting in the bathtub. We had this big clawfoot bathtub in our in our house in Pennsylvania where I grew up. And I remember I had gone to see uh, Snow White. And I remember, um, I think it was Snow White. It was a Disney film. And there was a song in it called, I know you, I walked with you once upon a dream. And I sang that in the bathtub and I thought, oh, I can do that. I can sing. It wasn't hard for me. Um, it was just something I could do. Uh, probably because I'd listened to it, you know, all my life. And I never really picked up an instrument until I was about 17, and I never started writing until I was about 18. So it was I was kind of a late bloomer um, as far as being a musician. and being as, But I started writing songs right away, and I think it was because I couldn't play guitar well enough to play other people's songs. So I began writing my own songs that I could play to and it just kind of always was been has been there and it was uh, always seemed to be something I wanted to do and there seemed to be something that I wanted to say and now as an independent artist much freer all these years I've been able to say exactly what I want to say to, to my audiences and to people I'm singing with and um, and I'm so grateful for my country career because it has allowed me to keep working um, all this time. Sure. Well, Matt, um, Pennsylvania, there's a connection for you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just, uh, can you hear me? We can, Matt. Where, where, did you grow up in Pennsylvania? Were you born yeah, there? I, no, actually, I'm from New York, but I'm in Pennsylvania right now. Um, oh, you are? Yeah, where are you? I live in the Poconos. Uh, right oh, on. how beautiful. Yeah. How beautiful. Is it cold there? Are you getting snow yet? No, no snow yet, but uh, it is a little yeah. chilly. It's been... Is it? It's very cold here in the mountains above Reno, Nevada, up near the old town of Virginia City. And today, we got a little snow. Oh, wow. Nice. We had flurries <laughs> one day earlier this week, but that's about it. So. That's about all we had today. It hasn't actually started. Normally, it starts right around Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, but this year, it's it's coming a little late, but it's very cold. I've had a fire in the fireplace uh, all day long because it's been it's pretty chilly up here. Yeah. But I'm so looking forward to um, – I haven't been back east in a long time, and um, I'm looking forward to coming back there and, um, you know, doing a little traveling in the east probably this fall. Um, and I'm I'm so excited. I haven't seen the leaves turn color like they do oh, in yeah. the Poconos, yeah, yeah. and all the way up New York and Vermont, Massachusetts, and Maine. Those are such beautiful places. And I'm about not been back for a while. Uh, where did you live in Pennsylvania? I was I grew up in a little town called Bloomsburg, oh, yeah. which is on the Susquehanna River between Harrisburg and Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, I know where exactly where it is. I've driven past it many times on Route 80. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. It's a nice place to grow up. It's a beautiful town. 
and it's a, there's a what used to be Bloomsburg State Teachers College is now Bloomsburg University. Yeah. And I went there for a year or two, and um, went to high school there, and still my longest friend, the my best friend from years and years. So we were seven when we were, became best friends. We were both born in Bloomsburg. Mm-hmm. And uh, she and I wrote my very first hit together. We wrote a song called "Crazy Blue Eyes," wow. which was a it was a very different attitude for women to have uh, in country music at that time. And because of that song, I was uh, signed as an outlaw artist, which allowed me to do a lot of things. You know, I I had sort of drifted away from country music mm-hmm. because I'd grown up with it. But what brought me back were the outlaws. You know, Waylon and Willie and the boys. I love that music out of Texas with songs like Poncho and Lefty and The Highwaymen. Those songs were just wonderful. And I was signed as an outlaw artist on the strength of that song, Crazy Blue Eyes. And I got to do a lot of things that a lot of us girls didn't get to do at the time, which was travel and open shows for long periods of time for people like Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard and Hank Williams Jr. and you know, a lot of the outlaws. Right. So, it, you know, and I, these were my hero. Chris Christofferson has, has always been my very favorite songwriter in all the world. And he's actually, his songs have actually changed my life twice. Twice? Twice. Hmm. Interesting. One um, song, that, and I got to record it. It's a most powerful, wonderful song. I had kind of a chip on my shoulder about the my radio, my record companies. And, um, uh, I heard this song, The Heart, that he wrote to his dad. He said his dad told him, when they do you down and dirty in a way you don't deserve, you'll feel better if you take it like a man or a woman. Because if you let them drive you crazy, girl, they'll shut your business down. Hmm. You know? Um, yeah. You know, just handle yourself and get your licks in when you can, because the heart is all that matters in the end. That is a powerful lyric and a powerful song. Yeah. And I was very grateful to be the person to record that song, which made Johnny Cash furious because he said, <laughs> why did you record that song? I wanted to record that song. I said, well, I didn't know that. I said, go ahead and record it. You will eclipse me a thousand times over. You know? <laughs> Nobody knows who I am. But um, he didn't record it, which was unusual, but he did record My God, They Killed Him, which is a story about... Um, people who have been the leaders, peace leaders in the in the world, people like uh, Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King, and mm-hmm. of course uh, Christ. And it's a that's a very unusual and powerful song, yeah. but the song that I think is the greatest song he ever wrote, and he is the one. Everybody has recorded the song, and it is so much more powerful when you hear him sing it. it it's called "Why Me, Lord." Yeah. And that song is just, it's just a powerful, powerful song, a a humble and grateful song by a really true, uh, great writer. I don't think anybody, well, Guy Clark, uh, there are people who who write, I think, as well as Christofferson, but for me, Christofferson resonates closer to my bones and my heart than any other writer. Yeah, my dad used to sing that song a lot, so I remember that. He sang Why Me, Lord? Was your dad a musician? Yes. Your dad Uh, was a musician? Well, uh, you know, he just, like, I grew up with him playing, so it was just a hobby for him, but always um, music, and so that was one of the songs he always sang. Well, you know then what a great song it is. Yeah. Lord, what have I ever done to deserve even more of Well, So in these kinds of things, these are the kinds of things that interest me and that I'm uh, getting to write now. Um, and, and I can do that. As an independent artist, you have complete freedom. You know, it, that, it comes with a cost because you also have complete responsibility. Mm. Yeah. And when I'm writing these songs that are pointing out to me and to my the people who like my music, pointing things out that are uncomfortable, like the fact that we are constantly judging people and making making people other than other othering people, 
and making people less than or making people so different that there's, you know, you think they're outside the pale. That's not, that's not what, that, we're not walking our talk, especially if we say we're Christians, we're not walking our talk. We have to, you know, I think as human beings, we need to walk our talk. I think it's very important to keep your word. There's so much of that not happening now, and particularly in the political arena. Mm-hmm. And people are so used to it, they don't even care anymore. Well, we need to care. We need to care if people lie. We need to care that people are telling the truth. We need to care. Agreed. Because the truth is what will set us free and keep us free. So your fans, when you're um, performing, do you, do you like performing and meeting and being able to talk with um, the people that love your music? You know, that's really the best part of it. Yeah. You know, you talk with them. I, I'm very, sometimes I'm, I'm nervous about playing some of these songs that are, they're not critical songs. What they're, but they're, what they're saying is, have you looked at this? We need to look at this together. Sometimes that's really frightening. And I, I've been in some very, very, some places where I didn't think those messages were going to get across to people, although I'm very careful to write them so they don't offend people. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just trying to say we need to be aware that we need to stop dividing ourselves. Mm. We need to stop that. Somebody needs to be mommy. Somebody needs to be daddy, and somebody needs to say, you kids need to stop fighting. You have a lot more in common than you think, and we're all in the same boat. You know, there's a country song called We're All in the Same Boat. I don't know who it is, but it's really a good song. And it just talks about it, you know, we all have, we have all these differences. And instead of talking about what we have together that is good, we often talk about, you know, what we don't like about one another. You know, well, we hate that. We hate this. And we're, you know, we have to stop that. We need to learn to build bridges, not walls. We need to learn to build bridges. We need to listen to each other. Somehow, we need to listen to each other. And when I'm talking to fans, they will tell me. I was very, I was very fortunate to be in a been very, very uh, the places where I really thought that my messages might not be received properly. And we had a standing ovation every single night. Sometimes after those songs, in the middle of the show, often in the middle of the show. Awesome. Uh, after I sing some of these songs, and the messages are—they're not wimpy messages. <laughs> they're pretty—they're pretty stout, and uh, and I'm glad that people are—it's resonating with people. Well, you certainly had a fascinating career, and you continue to—you um, know—it seems like you continue to be able to express the things that are important to you in your music. Um, so as we get ready to go into the new year, um, this is a question for, for guests that we're going to ask in December. So I'm really curious to see what your answers will be. Um, what's one thing that you need to start for the new year? One thing you need to stop for the new year? And one thing that you need to continue doing for the new year? Well, I need to start jogging again, for sure. I need to um, stop being so serious all the time. <laughs> and what was the third question? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at that point where I have, I'm sort of demented. What I mean, they, yes, they say they give you five words when you go into the doctor, and if you can remember them, you know, a couple of hours late, forget it. I haven't been able to do that since I was a teenager. But what was that third question? <laughs> uh, and what you need to continue doing yeah having a mind I think would be a good thing <laughs> working on my memory <laughs> wow, that's so funny um, so uh, you're doing you're doing Christmas shows every weekend are you doing any other touring besides that or just doing the weekend things and 
Uh, we have the we have the Christmas shows every weekend. Some of them we have just completed a bunch of shows out in Wyoming and Montana, mm-hmm. and um, we are going to be. Oh, I have so many fun things coming up. Um, this Friday we're in we're, we're right around here. We have a show in Gardnerville and a show in Murrington, and then we go out to uh, Alto Lakes Golf and Country Club, um, way out in uh, Alto, New Mexico, mm-hmm. and then we come back uh, for our traditional Red Dog Saloon uh, Christmas show in Virginia City, which is a benefit for the wild horses. Mm -hmm. And then we get to do something really, something I'm really thrilled about. We're going to be, um, Johnny Lee, who was uh, my friend during the um, uh, urban cowboy days, we must have done a zillion shows together. Looking for love. (laughs) Excuse me? Looking for love. Oh, looking for love, yes, and picking up strangers, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Lee. And, you know, I, he is the funnest guy in the whole world. But he's doing his farewell tour. Ah. And so we're going to be um, in Oklahoma with him at the Sugar Creek Casino in Minden, Oklahoma. And we are getting to play with him on one of his last shows. And I've been playing. We were both kind of started at the same time, um, kind of doing the urban cowboy thing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we got to be he if he were not he could be a stand-up comic he is so funny i'll never forget one time we were we were up in north dakota we were way up in the uh the sioux reservation up there uh in uh north dakota and nearly that whole state is standing mm-hmm. rock uh, reservation it's a very big place and we're way up in their casino, up near, probably fairly, not too far from Canada. And he walked out on the stage and he said, you know, he said, I know your secret up here. I know why y'all are up here. And the audience said, why? And he said, because you're in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, he was there was this real beautiful lady in the autograph line, and he leans over to her and conspiratorially says, you know, I can get you out of here <laughs> if you want to go. I mean, it's just, it's so fun being around him. He is just a blast, and I just can't wait to see him, and I can't wait to perform. We're going to perform, uh, my partner Dale Bonet and I are going to perform with his Johnny Lee band, which will be really fun to play with, with him and with his band. And then um, I have a friend, I, two of my artist friends, um, two very prominent artists in Santa Cruz County in California, where I lived for many years, um, are uh, having health problems, and they cannot work. And so just about every musician in Santa Cruz that I've called, and there are more musicians in Santa Cruz than people, mm. um, we're putting together this huge benefit for him on January 28th, and we're going to go down there and do that for him. And then um, in April, um, we've got I've got a bunch of stuff that's on the books, but not uh, contracts yet. Right. Uh, so I'm going to skip those. But in April, we are playing the Salinas Rodeo in in California. That's the biggest rodeo in the world. Cool. And we'll be playing um, Sun City uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. And um, that in September, we're going out to do um, a community performance performance in the Art Center. Um, in Green Valley, Arizona, and a bunch of other dates leading up to that. But we, we know we're we're um, looking up for uh, a, a good year and a good year to promote a new project. And I should have. <laughs> we signed this wonderful new uh, distribution and promotion deal with Time Life, mm-hmm. and they're uh, they're uh, we've given them three compilation CDs of stuff that I've recorded on my own, and um, we. Uh, they want to have the uh, Black Sheep project done by March, and I'm still I still have I've written about five songs for that. I'm going to combine it with some other things that I've had on CDs that have not been heard that much. Um, mm-hmm. We had a, a, an award-winning CD that we made in about 2006. In 2019, it won the um, Album of the Year from the Spirit Awards and um, from uh, Country. Um, uh, magazine mm-hmm. um it was the top uh, it won the pete hutlinger award for musical excellence and um that was a 13 year old cd 
<laughs> it was like, okay, thank you. You know, I'm glad someone noticed. But that's the thing with being independent. You don't have that uh, broad distribution and promotion that you do with a record company. Yeah. And so some of the songs on that CD, which is called The Last Wild Place Anthology, it has 17 songs on it. Wow. And some of them are the, um, the, the hits that uh, people seem to like the most from the country period, done with my own band, but not so differently. I have a problem with redoing songs that have been hits and doing them completely differently. Right. And I think that was caused... I, I love Eric Clapton very much, and he, my favorite rock and roll song of all time was a song called Layla. Oh, yeah. Which is just incredible song. Yeah. Well, he re-recorded it many years later, and it was not a rock song. It was Layla. Yeah, yeah. me on my knees, and I went, that doesn't... <laughs> it's still a good song, but it was so much Layla, yeah, yeah. passionate thing with twin guitars, and you know it was. Uh, it's probably my one of my favorite rock and roll songs ever. And um, so I thought we're not going to depart too much, but we're just going to do this in my own studio with my own players, and that's how we co- recorded the Last Wild Place anthology. And honestly, I think it's uh, some of the best work I've ever done. And there are some songs on there that I want to put with the Black Sheep uh, stuff because it kind of it, they they kind of fit with that. And um, I think then with the new promotion and distribution, some people might be able to actually hear them, which would be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so I tell you, being an independent artist, it's a humbling experience every day. But yeah. it, uh, you, every once in a while, you'll get something like the Josie Awards giving you out of the blue. Yeah. that Lifetime Achievement Award, and then I found out just a couple of months ago that they had polled the audience about who's performing, you know, who did the best performance, and Dale and I won that wow. just a couple of months ago, and I had no idea it was even we were even nominated. So wow. you get these wonderful... I'm so, I'm so out of touch. I actually live under a rock. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is that you get these wonderful surprises, and it does keep you going, and, uh, you know, this I've probably been doing music now for about 50 years. And it hasn't gotten old, and it hasn't gotten... Um, I, I don't... Even people say, are you ever going to retire? And I think, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't... Unless I... You know, if I lose my voice... Or, yeah, yeah. Um, some, or my mind, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that I will... That hopefully people will be smart enough to say, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time to, time to step down. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people keep going when it wasn't very, yeah. it wasn't a very good thing. I don't want to be one of those people, but I do want to do it as long as the uh, uh, spirit is in me to do it and gives me the strength to do it and the voice to do it. Um, I'm so grateful that I've been able to do it for all these years. And to make my living doing something I love for all this time is is a wonderful thing to say mm-hmm. this far down the line. Yeah, we should all be uh, we should all be so lucky to do things that we love. Well, I hope that you both are. Uh, we I are. hope that everyone yeah. listening in your audience, if you're not doing what you love and you can still do it, take a chance and yeah. do something you love and do it with all your heart. And I think that uh, the universe has a way of of supporting it. Mm-hmm. If you believe, if you believe it's going to work. And you believe strongly enough, and you don't, you're not too scared. Um, I think it's good to step out on faith. If if you're if you don't feel complete, if you don't feel like you're complete, without having done whatever it is you want to do, I think it's important to feel that in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe we do this just once. I believe we come back. Time. I believe this is school. It teaches us who we are, what we're made of, what we stand for. If we can actually walk our talk. And I believe that, um, that, that stepping out on faith is something that I would recommend. All right, Kat. Anything else for Lacey? Um, so I, I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And, you know, it sounds like that next year you have so many things already planned. And um, I, I just... It's really been fascinating talking to you because I didn't know 
you know, I, I knew your songs, but it's always nice to know, like, the things that motivate you and about your love for animals, and which I kind of suspected with the Carl song. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't... I didn't love him that much after he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, he and I had a Come to Jesus meeting, and that dog has never chewed. He chewed constantly before that. He was a rescue dog, you know, he came, he had been in the pound his whole life, and I got him when he was a year and a half, and he had no bad habits except his addiction to chewing, and he was, he was seriously addicted, and he had his own things to chew, but he would rather chew my things, (laughs) and so we had to come to Jesus after the debacle at Christmas, and that dog has never chewed another thing, not one more thing. I he guess knew that I was really <laughs> unhappy with him. <laughs> he just, now he's perfect. Hmm. I showed him one time to go outside to go to the bathroom once, and he got it. I showed him once that he couldn't lift his leg on the couch, and he got it. Hmm. He's real smart. He's like a person. He's really smart. <laughs> now he's a, no, he's a grumpy old man, and he's demanding. You know, he'll come up to in the, and he'll go, he'll start, he'll stick his lower jaw out and goes, eh. That means I really want my breakfast. <laughs> time to eat. <laughs> anyway, I've taken a lot of your time, and thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for your interest, and I so appreciate uh, you both, and may you have, I know the Christmas in the Poconos is going to be unbelievably beautiful. <laughs> Are you staying there for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. I actually live here. Um Oh, you lived. Oh, you lucky dog. Yeah, I. So I lived here like I don't know, twelve years ago. No, fifteen years ago, and moved away. And uh, now I'm back. I'm working for. Well, it, it's it's so beautiful there. And Cat, where are you spending Christmas? Uh, I'm in Kentucky. Oh well, that's a beautiful place to spend Christmas. I'll bet you'll have a wonderful Christmas there. It could be. <laughs> oh, you you sound doubtful. <laughs> are you having are you having family trouble? What's going on? Do I need to come back? Do I need to stop this car? <laughs> yes, come save me and write a song about me. Um, well, you know, Cat. I really, you know, I just will say this. I will wish that you have angels all around you. And that you have a more magical Christmas than you ever thought you would have. And that all these things that seem like they're unhealed are healed through spirit right now. Wow. Did you hear that, Matt? I did, yes. That's awesome. I I have to say that all the time. This situation is already healed right now through spirit. It's already healed right now through spirit. If I get a challenge... I say that over and over again, and I have challenges. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have the I don't have the easiest life all the time, but I sure have a better one than the people in the Ukraine or the people in the Pakistan and Israel oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, we think we have hard times. So this is, I mean, yeah, boy, we are so fortunate. Anyway, I'm very fortunate to have met you and talked with you. And uh, I wish you every blessing this holiday, every blessing in all kinds of light. Thank you so much, Lacey. We appreciate it. Um, come back all and right. see we, us. We, we want to... All right, walk in... <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, we want to hear about your, uh, you know, when your new album comes out. We want to hear about that. Oh, I think Scott will probably will probably hit you up to play some of it, and I hope that you enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I, Thank you very much for, for saying that, and I hope we get to speak with each other again. And I, I would like to, because I'd like to know what happens at Christmas, Cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know if it tur- whatever it is that you're concerned about <laughs> turns around in a good way. You know? That's what I'm hoping. Hmm? Well, it's going to. You've already, like, sent it out there. So. Right. Well, that's right. It, you know, it's already healed right now. Yeah. Right. And you spoke it to the universe, though. So. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what it does. What it do? <laughs> All right, you guys, take care. Adios. All right, thank you so and much. As my as my producer would say, I'm through talking to you now. <laughs> 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 He's so funny. I learned that from him. It was the best thing I ever worked. <laughs>
Anyway, take care, you guys. All right, you too. Adios. Thank you. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.